Good morning, church. I want to say thank you to all the men who attended our meeting that we had. It was very productive, lots of, uh, lots of discussion. Uh, a few of the takeaways, just let me give you two. Number one, the souls. Souls of humanity. The souls of members of the church. And the second is, those who are still online, we want you back. Those are our takeaways. Let's go to God in prayer. Our great Heavenly Father, we do praise your holy and divine name and thank you so, so very much for your gift of love and for this com- compassion that you've shown us and for the mercy that you've given to us. Thank you for Jesus, your great Son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. It's amazing, Lord God. We look at your word and we, we realize that in your word, the charge against our Savior would make Jesus guilty because the charge was that he was Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews. But even more than that, he's our King, the King of the whole world. We thank you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us with this hour, this moment of worship praying that our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we ask and pray, and thank you for in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, that be thy will. Amen. Welcome to both members and visitors alike. We are concluding, that's the goal, to conclude our lesson uh, series that were actually developed into a series of the walking dead. Spiritually speaking, people who are alive physically, but spiritually, are dead. And as you view some of those um, uh, shows, episodes, movies, the commercials alone, I want to talk to you about just, just two of, of, you know, within that movie idea. And that's the really, really fast zombies. You know, the ones that run? <laughs> those are kind of spooky. And then the dogs, right? The dogs who've been infected with the disease. Give me just those two this morning, and then we're going to leave them, and we're going to talk about us. Proverbs chapter 6. Are my feet running quickly like these fast zombies that I speak of, but not just for no purpose at all, rather running quickly to evil. Verse 16, the Bible says, There are six things which the Lord hates, yet seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises plans or wicked plans, and feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. To imagine that people run quickly just to participate in evil. Or should I say, will quickly gravitate toward evil, right? More so than gravitating toward righteousness. Chapter 1. And there's that temptation that comes our way, if you will, from the world. Maybe it might be a worldly Christian, but the world comes in and entices us with evil. 
In verse 10, the Bible says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, Come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without cause, let us swallow them alive like Sheol, even whole as those who go down to the pit, we shall find all kinds of precious wealth. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Throwing your lot with us, we shall all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your feet from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed blood. Running to evil is the same. We're going to Isaiah 59, please. It's the same as saying running to sin. So imagine, if you will, in your own mind, in your own heart, maybe you've been there, where you, you ran to sin. You ran to sinful events. You ran to sinful opportunities, activities, whatever it might be. To run to sin is like running to our own spiritual death. And the Bible tells us clearly that sin causes a separation between us and our God. Verse 1, the Bible says, of Isaiah 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, neither is his ear so dull that he cannot hear, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Someone said to me one day, my God would never condemn me. He doesn't have to. We condemn ourselves. We run to evil. We're running to our own deaths. Think about that. Spiritually speaking. Verse 7, the text goes on to say, Their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Devastation and destruction are in their highways. They do not know the way of peace. And there is no justice in their tracks, and they have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them does not know peace. That whole chapter is about the separation from God. Why would I want to run to separate myself from God? Well, you know, sin is easy, isn't it? Sin is easy. Some folks would admit that sin is fun. Sin, you know, you can live a carefree life, right? Be a sinner, and that's all right. The world accepts sin now. In fact, sin is the end thing. And yet sin is a killer. Spiritual killer. How many of us are running to that? How many of us are running to sin? You know when we run to sin, we're running away from God. Right? You're running in the complete opposite direction. Running completely away from God. The second are those, those dogs that have been infected. I'm going to Philippians Chapter 3, those, those dogs that have been, been infected by the disease, whatever the virus or uh, the disease is. You know the Bible calls some evil folks dogs, right? In fact, it gives us a warning. Verse 1 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble to me. And it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of false circumcision. 
Can you imagine that God is saying that in the church, that evil workers are to God like dogs? Beware, he says. Turn to Second Peter, please. Watch out for evil workers in the church. Remember last week we talked about the fact that Satan is busy and Satan was here. He's here again. I don't know who gave him a ride, <laughs> but he's here, right? And he wants to cause disarray and division and destruction. Watch out. Watch out for those who might say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to go to worship this week. You want to stay with me? Watch out for people like that. Watch out for some of our brothers and sisters who may cause us to do things, or should I say throw temptations in front of us. Watch out. God says, beware. He even talks about dogs, and it gives us imagery of a dog that is pretty disgusting when you think about it. In verse 20 of 2 Peter chapter 2, he says, For if after, speaking of us, they have escaped the defilements of the world, by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. And the last state has become worse for them than the first. We read that in, in Matthew chapter 12. We read it in Proverbs. We've already read this. But think about this, this analogy that God gives us. First he says, for it would be better if you never knew the way of righteousness. If you, if you will, we're, we're kind of trapped in a good way. Right? We're willfully trapped in Jesus. Stay trapped in Jesus. It's a good place to be, you see, because now you know about God, you can't walk away from him. And if you do, God has something to say about that. Listen to what he says. For if it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. And it's happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit and the sow of the washing returns to wallowing in the mire. God says, look, you got to stay out of that filth. That filth draws us back, though, doesn't it? Sin draws us back. It has this amazing power over us, but you've got to let it go because it won't turn you loose. The questions this morning in thinking about us, have we collectively become a lukewarm church? And if so, how long have we been in that state? Let's think about that. Just for a moment. I'm going to think about COVID for just, just for a moment. Are, are we guilty of, of a, a derelict of duty? You know, things we know we're supposed to do, but you know, we haven't really been doing them lately. Would you say that we have stopped evangelizing? Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah, we kind of stopped evangelizing, right? Because there are these rules now, you know, there's a six-foot distance, and then there's my space, there's your space, there's... Would, would you say that as a, as a body of believers that we've stopped looking out for each other like we used to? What do you think? Kind of look around and see so many gone today, right? So many are missing. How many of you have called them? How many of us have called them, contacted them? Would you say maybe we've We've gotten maybe a little bit too relaxed. Has COVID caused us, or maybe I'll say it in a different way, given us an excuse to relax and take a spiritual vacation? You know, take a spiritual break, right? Let's, let's just step away for a moment. 
you know, at first it was like COVID came and there were a lot of issues and it was an opportunity to, we're like, oh, we got to get back to worship. And then it was like, hey, wait a minute. And some folks got so comfortable with saying, you know what? This whole streaming thing is pretty cool. I'm just going to stay home and call that good. God says we need each other, right? That was a temporary fix for a temporary problem, right? We got to get back to the original, don't we? We're just saying that COVID has made us, all of us, spiritually lazy, right? Great opportunities. You know, Satan's having a field day with this COVID thing, right? And I get it. I'm not making light of COVID. I know it's a a very a, a terrible, you know, situation that we were in, and, and, and praise God, it's better now, and, and there's still some that are at risk. I'm not talking about you if you're at risk. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about the assembly of the dead. How quickly and how easily, do you know, do you know, here's what I, I learned. I was listening to a, uh, a uh, it was a, what was it? Um, anyway, a bunch of sermons. It was like a lectureship. And, and, and I was listening to the, the preachers, and the preachers kept going up and saying, We've got to open up church. And this was, I was like, was, is this like 2019? No, it was like just recent. You know, there are still churches in the lower 48. I'm saying churches in general, not just churches of Christ. In the lower 48, that still aren't open. They found an excuse, right, to stay away. And they're asking, they're begging their members saying, will you, will you please come back? Preaching empty pews. And I had one preacher use Hebrews 10 and he said, Hey, it says, uh, uh, stimulating one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10 and verse uh, 23 through 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. And he says, Come help me. He said, I'm tired of preaching empty pews. I was like, Wow, are they still not meeting? I was pretty shocked at that. Have we found this, this opportunity, if you will? And use it as an opportunity. And because of it, have I grown spiritually weak? And the answer is yes, right? If you're spiritually lazy, you're spiritually weak. And, and if we have a, a good excuse, which this was a good excuse for many, and if it was a good excuse, then I'm spiritually weak. And I want to go to 1 John chapter 2. Am I craving worldly things? See, the whole idea in spirituality is to fight against those evil cravings. But when I'm not as spiritual as I need to be, or used to be, or even want to be, I crave fleshly things. Or when I'm not around a body of believers who are encouraging me, see, that's why we're here, right? Give each other hugs, strengthen each other, and say, get back out there and fight the devil until Wednesday, come on back. And let's, and let's do it again and encourage each other on Wednesday and get back out there and fight for the rest of the week and I'll see you Lord willing on Sunday. Of course, in the first century, they didn't get to see each other every week because many of them were being executed for the cause of Christ. 1 John 2 and verse 16. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the, and the boastful pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's, it's from the world. And it's that pride that keeps us wandering. And it's that, that, that desires of the flesh that keep us weak as it wages war with the Spirit. And it's those 
those eyes that keep us wandering and desiring worldly things. But realize that the Bible says, uh, and the world, verse 17, is passing away. Now I'm going to use a physical uh, analogy that science speaks of. Science, they're paranoid. The Bible says the world, I'm speaking of, of people in general, right? But, but if you look at it from a scientific uh, uh, idea or thought, they're saying the ozone layer is wearing out. And before you know it, we're all going to die. And we know we're all going to die. <laughs> they just figured that out. Right? And they're like, save the earth. You can't save this thing. It's going to burn up, church. I'm not saying we don't do our part, but you get it. All that's in the world is the lust and evil and wickedness. Verse 17 says, And the world is passing away, and also is lust, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. Okay. Galatians 5, please, in verse 16. Galatians 5, in verse 16. Where am I spiritually today? So this series, this, this thought that, that came to mind, that this, where, where am I? It's just, it's just to cause an inward look. Where am I spiritually today in comparison to where I was? Where, am I, where do I want to be? Right? Galatians 5. Am I weak? And if I'm weak, you know, it's like you, know, you say, well, uh, I haven't eaten dinner uh, and I haven't eaten a meal in three days. And I know that I'm physically weak, right? If you haven't read your Bibles, guess what? If you haven't been attending services, guess what? You will grow spiritually weak. There's no difference, right? Galatians 5 and verse 16, and we'll do this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things you please. Thank you, God, for helping me out. But you've got to focus on the Spirit. Am I focusing on the Spirit? Or am I stuck in the flesh? Galatians 6 and verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. See that corruption of the flesh, right? We're talking about that, that, that rotting flesh. Spiritually speaking, right? spiritually speaking, let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially those who are of the household of the faith. So let us ask God a question. Turn to 1 John, please, chapter 3. Let us ask God to help us to wake up from our sleepiness. That maybe COVID was used as an opportunity to give me what I wanted. Okay, you don't like that. Let's do it a different way. COVID was a pandemic. And by the way, it's not the first pandemic, right? 
Remember I gave you articles in the bulletin, if you read it, about pandemics in the past and how church members dealt with them. And even how the Jews, anyway. Help me, God, to come alive. Help me to wake up. And you say, you know, preacher, I was very comfortable with staying home. I know. I know. But it doesn't make it right. First John uh, chapter 3 and verse 14. We know that we have passed out of death into life. Because we love the brethren, he who does not love abides in death. God, help me to not just love, Second Corinthians chapter 5, please, not just love my brethren, but help me to love to be around my brethren. <laughs> right? Like, like, I want you in my life. I mean, I can't wait to see you. Right? That's exciting. It's better than going to the ball game, right? I can't wait to get here. I'm going to meet brethren of like faith, of like-mindedness, and they're going to encourage me, I think. And they're going to say to me, hey, preacher, hang in there. And I'm going to say, thank you, you do the same. And we're going to hug each other and love each other. And then when I leave this edifice, this building, I'm going to go back out there into the world and I'm going to hear the world use God's name in vain and I'm going to hear bad words and I'm going to see evil and I, I need this place. How about you? Yeah, I need this. Verse 17, here's what God does for us, right? For Christians, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. God gives us this fresh start. Look, we can start, if you haven't already, today. Right? Start today. We, we can ask God for forgiveness if we found that there's sin in our lives, if there's something we're struggling with in our spiritual walk. I'm going to John chapter 11, please. If there's something in my life I'm struggling with, if I, if I want to come to Jesus, today is another day. And God has given us this day. He didn't end the world today. He could have, but he chose not to. And so here we are today. Today is another chance. It's a fresh start. And if you need to repent, you can do that. If you want to confess and be baptized into Christ, you can do that. You, you, can, you can hear his word. You can study with us and learn about Jesus. You can be baptized, have all your sins washed away, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can do that right now, today. And then God says, all things are new pretty exciting. See, when I think of the walking dead now, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to transition this to a godly view of the walking dead. Well, see, that doesn't make any sense, does it? But it makes perfect sense. Because listen to what Jesus says in verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The resurrection. Oh, that's exciting. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, the resurrection through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the, if you will, the dead, a man that today can come to Jesus. We can watch it. We can watch it. A resurrection, a man who goes down into the watery grave and comes up out of that water. It's a resurrection. We get to witness it on a regular and a continual basis. God has given us the good news. The good news that comes only through God, through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, in which you stand. By which also you are saved. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what is also received, that Christ died for, the, uh, for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, the resurrection. And watch what happened. Ephesians 2, beginning at verse, at verse 1. I'm, I'm closing this out. Ephesians 2, beginning at verse 1. Here's what happened. Each and every one of us we're children of God. And some are still in this state. Some are still in this state. I'm just trying to show you. We got to get back to what's real, right? Get back to the reality. We got to get back to evangelizing. It is all about souls, right? Everyone's been in this state. Some are still in this state. Verse 1, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath as even the rest. All of us were in that state. Some are still in that state. We're trying to snatch you out of that state. Let us witness a resurrection a baptism in the Jesus Christ. And the only way that we can get out of that state and the only way that we have climbed out of that state is by the grace of God. It goes on to say, but God being rich in mercy, verse 4, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Saved from what? Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. It's death. That, that's the wage, right? And you have, to, you have to look at the text and realize it doesn't say sins like you get to accumulate. The wages of sin is death. But thank, thank God for His grace, for the free gift of Jesus Christ, or in Jesus Christ, is eternal life. How many people are running away from eternal life? If you're running to evil, you're running away from Jesus Christ. We're running away from salvation. Church, we're asking you online, we're asking you who are here, Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Be faithful to God and to God alone. All right, we'll close this out. First Thessalonians chapter 5. 
Unrepented sins, church, will cost us our lives, spiritually speaking. And Satan desires to consume us, to destroy us. You know that, right? He wants us dead, spiritually dead, physically dead. He wants us hurting. He wants us to be like the world, if you will, separated from Christ. Don't give him that. You're too valuable for that. In verse 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief. You're not. You're in the light. Look at you. Look at you. This is the light. You are a reflection of Jesus Christ. I am looking at the reflection of Jesus Christ. You are in the light. Stay away from the darkness. Stay away from the dark places. He goes on in verse 5 to say, For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. We're not. So then, verse 6, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. Why God? Because Satan, sin, and the desires of evil are crouching at the door to consume us. The lesson is yours. If we can do anything to help you this morning, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?